Everyone has a different communication style, and I think that our lack of awareness is often what causes problems and misses in communication. Like a team we were working with recently, where the leader is very much an external processor, and what we uncovered is many of the issues on the team stemmed from the fact that the team thought that external processing was the leader giving them directives. So they'd go spin up entire projects after the meeting when really the leader was just brainstorming ideas or looking for their input. Or like another team we were working with where the leader is a very warm, kind of open-minded communicator. So they would leave meetings and the team thought, oh, this is great. They were just casual and sharing ideas. Meanwhile, the leader's leaving frustrated thinking like, no, I need plans. I need the details and I need a plan of action. So it's these kind of things, these kind of misses and these tensions that all it takes is a little awareness. This is a crucial dynamic that really impacts the day-to-day of every relationship in our life, but definitely in work as well and on teams. So that's why we're resharing this podcast episode. Listen in, we actually share the three tips that you can apply to improve how you lead, how you collaborate, and how you relate to people in your life. We've noticed in working with teams, there are big problems that kind of snowball over time yeah. out of how we communicate. And it's amplified right now being on Zoom yeah. way more than anyone ever wanted to be. <laughs> but the same problems can happen in other relationships in our life. Yeah. And like we'll get into in a minute, I think there's just, there's some simple things you can be aware of and do to prevent these big snowball issues. Yeah, so simple. So Sunny, what what's driven you crazy about my communication <laughs> over this past week? Oh gosh, how long do I have? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so actually not much because we understand each other. And that's actually... We actually talk about this. We actually talk about it, right. So I think that's actually going to be the point here. But I'm just going to give you an example of the differences uh, between Steve and I is... So he definitely is an internal processor. So what what is the joke I always say to you? It's off of a personality thing. It's blue. Uh-huh. So so he sometimes what happens is that Steve is thinking about something and I've already moved on. <laughs> and so I will jump into the next thing and he'll he gives me that look like I need more time to process this one. So I'm like, you need a blue moment. <laughs> so it's a on a personality thing. And so it just means that my brain moves very fast. And that could be frustrating to one another if you didn't really talk about it and also make light of it instead of like criticizing it. Be like, all right. And then the other day we had a great brainstorming session. We were all together and three of us who have very different communication styles. I was like, and then I said something (laughs) like, I just need to extrovert for a moment. Right. But I also had moved too quickly again. Right. Right. And And so so the same flip side of that dynamic is what can drive me crazy about your communication style. It's like, wait, I'm still processing what you just asked me and now you're moving on to the next thing. Yes. So you're right. The benefit is we've actually talked about these things out loud, called out the elephants in the room so we can have healthy and smart ways of dealing with them instead of it just offending us, offending us, boiling up inside and getting bitter and angry. And we all know that can happen in all kinds of relationships in our lives. Yeah. And by the way, though, I have noticed on the flip side, sometimes you do, you just let me extrovert for a moment, even though, so just like that, I give to you in that blue moment, you also can tell when I need to just kind of get some thoughts out of my head. It's true. It's like, because we're aware of that about each other, Mm -hmm. you can also give freedom to the other person to do that sometimes and not get annoyed. Yes. Because I know we've called out like, all right, in this moment, (laughs) like, you are doing this and I'm, I'm good with that. I'm prepared mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, 
<sighs> Hopefully it's not just us no. that drive each other crazy. No. I think we wanted to talk about this because it's coming up as a, an important topic with teams right now. Yeah. Since there's you know little to no hallway conversation yep. or organic kind of touch points being in the office together. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of body language and things you lose mm-hmm. over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of maybe amplifying an issue that already existed and always does. Yeah. It's like, it's still there. It just looks a little bit differently, right? Yeah. But so, by the way, I have to say, I would love to hear your feedback here. I do hear a lot of people telling me that because of how we're communicating now virtually, people are tired at the end of the day more than normal because it's like we have to plan every conversation. And I'm finding that I'm exhausted. Just wanted to throw that in there. Any thoughts there? I agree. It's really tiring when you have to think about so many layers of things, Mm -hmm. not just the conversation or the meeting Mm -hmm. or the task at hand, Mm -hmm. but yeah, how you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, how Mm -hmm. you communicate about it. And it almost adds a second job on top of your previous job. Yeah, actually, I'm going to share really quickly one of the things we do on our team that I think really is helpful because I've coached a lot of teams where they're very frustrated on their Zoom calls before we jump into how we process. A lot of people have been telling me, well, I get frustrated on the Zoom calls because I feel like we do a lot of small talk and people are talking about what they're watching on Netflix or, and some people are okay with that and some people are not. People are like, don't waste my time. Let me get right to it. So I can see that frustration. But one of the things I like that we've done on our team is at the beginning of the week, we tend to try to schedule a 30 minute time where the objective is like hallway talk. It would be like, what'd you do over the weekend and how you doing? It's yeah. like, there's no work. So there's no expectation where we're going to feel, come on, come on, come on, come on, get to the point. That is the point. The point is to connect and make sure we're okay. And it's brief. Right. 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 That is helpful. And it, kind of putting things in boxes, we talked about a few episodes ago, right now, especially it can be helpful to, to kind of compartmentalize a little bit yeah. in terms of, all right, this time is meant for this. This yeah. meeting is meant for that. Right. And then our other meetings are focused on work. So I like that we have that set aside. So Sunny, what is the first main point we want to talk about in regards to what can drive each other crazy in the way we communicate, the styles. What's the main difference to call out? To be well, there, aware there's two that I'm going to highlight today, but the one I'm going to focus on first is the processing piece. I think this is quickly understanding in just like one or two questions can eliminate frustration. So I'm going to give you an example really quick. First. Okay. Go ahead. And before we dive in, because you and I were just talking about this earlier, there is maybe a myth to dispel or an elephant in the room about communication, which is, it sounds kind of blah and vague and boring. You know, like when you hear communication training or or anything about communication, it sounds so broad and generic that it's Mm -hmm. like, what is that even about? Do you feel that at all? Yeah, I think that it's actually even skill set wise. When I'm coaching people on explaining themselves, they'll say, I'm good at communication. And I'll be like, uh, tell me more. <laughs> what about Because that? <laughs> it's so much. Some people, communication means listening. Some people, communication means graphic. It, some people, it's digitally. It's like so many things can be confused by what communication means to that individual. Yeah. So even just clearing up what's your main source of communication. Yeah. It's, it's a big one. Okay. So one of the things through coaching many, many people and working with teams around this topic, one of the main things you've identified that's mm-hmm. like a game changer, you know, if you're, if you only have time to make one change or be mm-hmm. trained on one thing, mm-hmm. this idea of different processing styles yes. is one of the big ones for you. Yeah. So I'm going to give the illustration and a story first, and then I'll tell you how to break it down. So I am an extrovert. 
And we're going to talk about what that means. And I'm married to an introvert. All right. So this is how it works with us. And if we didn't understand this, we would be frustrated with one another. And it actually we instead laugh at it. So if I am thinking about planning a vacation to Italy, I am going to like the minute the first, uh, the thought of going to Italy, it comes to my mind. I'm going to start like maybe talking to Adam about it. I might be like, Hey, you know, I would, I was looking up the other day and I saw this ad and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, that would be so much fun. I am just thinking about an idea, right? In the moment you're brainstorming. Totally. Just in the moment out loud. And the key takeaway here is I haven't decided anything. (laughs) I am just like, I have an idea. So what's happening to my husband's face, though, in that moment is pure terror because <laughs> he believes that maybe I have, I I am going to Italy. <laughs> and he's thinking she hasn't discussed the budget. She hasn't discussed the when and the where and the calendar. But I am not even close to that yet. This is just an idea. This is the very beginning of the process of even thinking about it for you. Yes. But yep. for him, he thinks you've decided. Yes, it. because he doesn't usually speak about ideas until he has processed many, many aspects of it. So it's almost like when he gives an idea about going to Italy, he's probably one click away from buying the ticket. Okay, so wait, explain the introvert side of the scenario. So the introvert side of it is that they process a lot internally. So they're not telling anyone always what's going on in their head. They're just processing a lot. There's a lot of like almost secret thoughts going on is my way of calling it, but they're not trying to be secretive. They're just they're just not talking about it. It's almost like I'm visualizing in my head like a one to 10 scale. And 10 is like the vacation's planned and we're ready to go. Yeah. And one is like the very seed beginning of the process of thinking about it. Yeah. And to your point, the extrovert is starting to talk about it. Like you're starting to talk about it out loud to your husband when you're at number one. Yes. He doesn't even bring it up out loud to you (laughs) until he's at like nine and a half. (laughs) Right. Like he's probably already looked through 20,000 websites, looked at the calendar. And so it's really interesting. You can see where that could frustrate one another. Right. But we actually joke about it because we understand that about each other. So now let's bring it to work. By the way, relationally, that is a very important thing to know about each other. Right. But when we bring it to work, the big question that you might want to ask your boss. And hopefully your boss would ask you, and of course, take that initiative and have your boss ask you if if they have not, which is the question. So let's just say I'm brand new to Steve's team. I've just been hired and I'm getting to know him and I'm working for him. One of the things I'm going to ask in my getting to know you session is I would like to know how it is that you process. So tell me a little bit about how you do that so that I don't frustrate you. Yeah. And one of the things I love about, this is a big tip of yours. And you, by the way, you did actually do this Mm -hmm. when you joined Greenhouse. And I think it's a great illustration. I'll just knock myself for a second here because I didn't ask that. I didn't bring it up with you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's true of most leaders. They're so busy and there's so much they're trying to think of and accomplish that they're often really bad at all these interpersonal things that are probably the most important pieces. And so, you know, for someone like myself who thinks about leadership stuff all day long, I even failed on that front. Think about like the majority of average Mm -hmm. leaders who don't think about Mm -hmm. this stuff all day long. Mm -hmm. It's pretty typical that they wouldn't bring it up. Mm -hmm. And so I love that part of your tip is, hey, you take the initiative to Mm -hmm. bring up the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And this came up with one of our clients even yesterday, just Mm -hmm. a normal employee work situation. 
you bring topics to the table in mm-hmm. your one-on-ones with your manager. Mm-hmm. You bring up the stuff you want to bring up. Yep. That's kind of not right. And in an ideal world, your manager should be bringing these things up and initiating. Right. But let's be real. Most it's, of the time, right. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. That's a really great point. And think about how impressive even that is to a manager. <laughs> Subconsciously, they're thinking what they are. You know what they're thinking? What a great question. Yeah. I cannot believe I did not ask you. Yeah. And hey, free coaching advice here. If you're a leader or <laughs> business owner, or a manager listening to this. Yeah. Start pre-thinking like what's a good question I could come into the conversation with to uh, free them up to talk about this. So, Absolutely. So anyway, not to get off track, but but your point here is bring it up. Hey, how do you process? Yeah. And for someone who's never thought about that, that might be a huge gift to yes. them. I don't know. I never, I never even thought about never it. Thought and about then that. guess what? You're going to give the gift of your boss is more introverted. Then you're going to give them the gift of time there. Say, all right, well, I'd love if you thought about it for a little bit and uh, got back to me. So there is what I'm going to talk a little bit about there is that what happens in meetings and time together is that it's very interesting because we have to talk about the personality types because you're an extrovert who does have internal processing right there. So this is not clearly just an extrovert introvert thing. Although in general, introverts tend to process inside and through writing and then speak. And they also are very selective and private, mm-hmm. much more about their, what they choose and who they choose to share it with. Yeah. You have to almost be invited into the conversation mm-hmm. once they've thought through it. Yes. Where the Whereas, extrovert starts yeah. with, let's collaborate and discuss and brainstorm together. Yeah. And so what happens to the introvert sometimes, I've coached thousands of people and this is, uh, is they feel overwhelmed. They feel like extroverts rule the world. They do sometimes Mm -hmm. when the truth is the value of an introvert is, you know, astronomical and the value of an extrovert is through the roof, Mm -hmm. but both need to complement each other. So first establishing that, like, how do you process? Oh my gosh. Well, I actually process a little bit more internally and then I kind of speak and then extroverts, they process more in the moment. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about how that plays out in a one-on-one. So if I learn that about my manager, I learned that about my manager. What I'm not going to do is pop in his office <laughs> and be like, da, 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 da. I had this idea. I'm going to be a little more thoughtful probably and say something like an email or whatever your line of communication is and saying, I had a really great idea that I would love to share with you. When's a good time? I need about 15 minutes. Even sometimes give him the idea, like the topic. Yeah. It could be something like um, collaborating with the other team over here. Yeah. That's my idea. So then what's happening to the introvert is what? Let's see. What's that introvert doing? Well, first of all, they're being aware that they need to process themselves a bit too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're giving them a heads up. Yeah. And a chance to prepare and not be thrown off. Right. It's a respectful of time, of course, is an obvious but it's also, I'm respecting how my boss processes. So if I just throw up, is the word I use sometimes <laughs> with extroverts, on him, we might not be as productive. Now, flip side, he also needs to understand that this might be the way that I come up with my best ideas, right? So when you throw me into a meeting, I do come up with my best ideas collaborating out loud. Mm-hmm. So he also needs to let me run with that too. But he's my boss and I'm going to really respect that piece there. You know, something that, to be honest, has always frustrated me about personality types. It can feel so impossible. If my natural way is, let's say, the introvert way, 
but I, when I'm interacting with you, always have to do it your way. Mm-hmm. Then I never get to do it my way. You know, it, something about it feels unfair. <laughs> very unfair. Really difficult. Good call out. Yeah. But I think what I've learned over time is it's not that it, I always have to not be myself or you right. have to not be yourself. Sometimes just calling it out can be the biggest difference mm-hmm. maker. Like, yeah. let's say we're in the middle of a meeting and the brainstorming does just start to happen. Mm-hmm. And you're the extrovert, I'm the introvert. One thing you could simply do is just say, and we often do this with each other, is just say out loud, okay, just FYI, I'm just brainstorming here. I'm not mm-hmm. like this. I haven't decided anything. I haven't decided anything. <laughs> haven't thought through this. Just mm-hmm. throwing it out there on the table. We yeah. Don't, we don't even have to react to it yet. I cannot tell you how it, it actually, you will see introverts in the room take a deep breath. Yeah. You just <laughs> did it. When you say, I have not decided anything, it's almost like they're breathing again because they're now, the pressure is off. We're not deciding. I'm just at the baseline place, like you said, a one of of thinking there. So number two on that level is not only should I understand my boss and my boss understand me, but now it should be a welcoming piece to the team. So a good leader should also say, all right, team, this is our team of six. I'd love for each one of you to share with our new person, Sunday, uh, how it is that you process because she needs to now understand her team. Yeah. So that's like step one is individually and then step two is the team. I love that. I mean, one of the biggest takeaways that teams tend to have if we're working in a, with a team together mm-hmm. is this idea of the meeting mode. And if you mm-hmm. can just simply call it out, mm-hmm. hey, this meeting is about brainstorming and putting a bunch of ideas out on the table. Yes. Hey, yes. this meeting is about making a decision mm-hmm. and honing it in. We're not trying to bring mm-hmm. up new things. Yeah, and then as a group, great. everyone can adjust. If we have this kind of awareness about our, our styles, everyone can adjust appropriately. It's so true. And we've literally heard, I think yesterday, someone said this, who knows they need to internal processing time. They mm-hmm. said, oh, literally, like, if that's the mode of the meeting, brainstorming, I will kind of like take a back seat mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just be quiet. Yeah. So, we've, so you're, that's a great one. So even calling out the mode of the meeting is an important thing for both sides because they're we come in with a bit of anxiety sometimes in a meeting. Yeah. So it really, it removes that. So it's true. It I is. love the, the example you started with where the extrovert starting to brainstorm out loud mm-hmm. can freak out the introvert who thinks you've already made a decision. Right. When right. you haven't at right. all, you're seeking, input. Yeah. you're just talking, you're seeking input. But on the flip side, the introvert could process fully and then blurt something out. Yeah. And you feel like I never... I never even knew you were there. I didn't even know you I were didn't thinking even think about of Italy. This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let alone that there was a decision. Yes. Yes. So that's it's a it's a give and take on both parts. And that's actually what we want here is a healthy team. We want a healthy team. We don't want someone to to dominate it here. I think it's also important for me to call out something that I've noticed that extroverts do. That's a struggle for them. Is when if you ask a true extrovert how they feel when there is silence in a room is they somehow feel as though they are supposed to fill it. Like it's a nervous actually reaction that many of us have if we haven't become self-aware, if we're unhealthy too, like if we aren't okay with the silence. But extroverts are feeling like they're giving the room a gift by filling the silence because they're taking the awkwardness away. So give them a little grace there too, that they actually feel like they're throwing a bone to their team, right? But really what's happening is some frustration, right? Yeah. And then what I've noticed on the extrovert side is that sometimes when extroverts are very nervous, they get more quiet. So they are getting, so it's becoming more and more awkward because the extrovert just keeps talking, right? (laughs) (laughs) And the introverts feel overwhelmed, so they get quieter and quieter and quieter. Yeah. 
I had this client walk into my office one time and she is a, like a high level expert. And she was like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh my gosh, I just came from this meeting. And she was just rambling on. She goes, but something really interesting just happened. I said, what? She goes, well, I, we left the meeting and I said to my coworker, gosh, that was a little bit of an awkward meeting. And she said, how so? She's like, well, no one had anything to say. I just was doing all the talking. And her coworker said, well, that's because you didn't give anyone else a, a chance to speak. Yeah. <laughs> that you actually, she was like, oh my gosh. And she said, and I said, well, what happened there being a coach? And she said, I actually felt nervous. I felt nervous that, but a split second of time is not enough time for the brain to come up with a response. Right. And You've, you're kind of hitting on this from multiple angles, but you and I have seen in organizations where it's very much a culture of kind of showing up and being having the loudest voice in the meeting or mm -hmm. being the smartest person in the room. The extroverts can really have a leg up in that situation mm -hmm. and or the introvert can feel like there's just no way for me to win in this culture. Mm -hmm. One of the things that from a leader's perspective, you're missing out on, like you said, the introvert has so much to offer there you're actually almost completely missing half of the value add in the organization. Like if mm -hmm. you consider it's probably around 50-50, you are missing out on half of the skills mm -hmm. and strengths and abilities in the company because mm -hmm. the introverts don't have the chance to get their thoughts to the table. Yep. And it could be as simple as, okay, let's take this you know, mm -hmm. take this idea away, think about it and then come back mm -hmm. or whatever the situation is, making the space for, for the introvert side of that to be able to contribute. Yeah, it's huge. I've had a lot of introverts say that a rhythm that they really enjoy is really asking their manager, like, especially if they have an extroverted manager, Hey, could you just give me one line, uh, one line heads up about what we're going to talk about in our meeting today, one-on-one. -on -one. First of all, they're feeling a little anxious. And number two, they feel like they have a response. So I'll give you an example. An example might be a good boss might say today and in our development conversation, I would like for you to tell me two things that you think you're really owning and two things you're struggling with. So when you do that for an introvert, they're like, oh my gosh, because they have the time to really give you the right response. I do coach a lot of introverts who tell me that when they leave a meeting, they're frustrated that they felt like their best thoughts came 20 minutes after the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that one's really, really frustrating to them. So you can see this is just such an important thing. So another one in a team meeting that I want to throw out there that helps is extroverts know your team. So give them, throw them something. So one thing that an extroverted leader could do is something like, all right, we're going to brainstorm today. And I would really like to hear from everyone. So just saying, I would love to hear from everyone makes the extrovert sit up straight and go, all right, all right, all right, all right. I got yeah, it. I got to get, uh -huh. get, get, get in here, you know? And also sometimes watching the body language as a leader who's an extrovert, I will definitely notice my team. Maybe I'll just call out the person on our team, Jacqueline. I might see, I might see her lean in and move her hand, but she didn't get it out. And I might say something like, Jacqueline, it looks like you have a, looks like you have a thought that is self-awareness as a leader too. That's just self-awareness as a team. Yeah. And it's so, this stuff is so interesting because I'm an extrovert primarily. Mm -hmm. Like you said, there's different kind of layers of this. Mm -hmm. I do need to process things a lot internally first, mm -hmm. but in general, I'm an extrovert. Yes. But it drives me crazy, especially in family dynamics, mm -hmm. but even team dynamics where 
the space is always constantly filled. So yes. for example, like the Northeast region in general is all about like jumping in quick in the conversation. Yes. And I almost never get a thought. And so I've had scenarios where people think I'm really quiet right. when I'm actually very talkative. <laughs> you are. It's just that I only jump in when there's mm -hmm. a healthy gap at the end of a sentence because I'm really big on letting that person finish. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, I'm an extrovert, but I have scenarios where mm -hmm. I can never get a word in mm -hmm. because everyone else is jumping in at the end of someone's mm -hmm. sentence really fast. Mm -hmm. yep. So there's all these. It, it's, it's just a really good point. This yeah. highlights why it's so important to talk about this stuff because yes. there's so much nuance. You just never know unless you're talking about it. Yeah. It brings up the point that being a good communicator is about listening and watching. That's also just as important as speaking, right? Mm. It's just listening and watching, being aware of what people are doing. Another thing I've noticed, I'm just breaking it down into things I've noticed is um, sometimes uh, someone might say, I would love, I'd love to hear about your weekend. I'd love to, let's just say they do that. Well, you know, who's the first ones to talk, right? The comfortable extroverts, right? So, but what happens is all of a sudden, maybe, maybe there's six people there, four people have shared and two maybe who are leaning more on the looking for a healthy space, looking for a gap or overthinking it, they could get completely overlooked. And a non-self-aware leader sometimes will be like, all right, let's go on with the meeting. And didn't even notice that there were still two people that didn't speak. So it's an important thing as a leader too, to notice those people and say, you know what? We haven't heard from you yet. I'd love to hear. It makes them feel so valued. Yeah, it does. And to your point of just calling it out or speaking about it. Sometimes those people don't want to speak up. Like right. in a brainstorming session, mm -hmm. some people really hate being put on the spot in a brainstorm session. Yep. But if I'm leading it as an extrovert, I think that they just aren't getting a word in and I should give them the gift of being able to speak. And mm -hmm. by calling them out, I actually make them really, really stressed nervous. out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, another technique for all of this, you mentioned um, the leader kind of calling at the beginning, like, Hey, we're going to, I want to hear from everybody. Yes. Another tip or trick for this is using post-it notes mm -hmm. or even just a notebook is fine. Loose leaf paper, whatever. But if it's a conversation where it's really important to get everyone's input, you'd have each person spend like a minute of quiet in the room, everyone writing down their thoughts for themselves. Mm -hmm. Or That's if it's great. like a brainstorm, write down your idea. Mm -hmm. Typically I'll have you do one idea per post-it note. Mm -hmm. And let's say I want everyone to do three post-it notes. Mm -hmm. And then after five minutes of silence where the experts don't feel like they have to fill the gaps and the introverts feel safe to just think and process, then as a group, we stand up or we shift to a new spot or we just like start sharing out our thoughts going around the circle. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it, it hedges against both problems. Mm -hmm. The introverts get time to process and they get a chance to speak up in a way that's comfortable. Mm -hmm. The extroverts still get a chance to speak, but they were silenced long enough to give everyone processing time. And it's just, it's hard to do that every time because it's there's a lot of structure to that. Yeah. But in a time where it's really important, really important. to hear all the voices, yeah. it can be so effective. Yes. You gave both groups of people yeah. the, the time and the space they need. Yeah, you gave them a voice, but differently. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's really a great idea. It's like solo thinking time, yeah. group share out time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. Then no one's going to be left out, right? So I'd say that the last thing I'm just going to throw out there, that's one more question you might want to ask is when you are meeting with a new team or your boss, vice versa, 
it's just kind of how do you communicate your ideas? And this one is just a really, really brief. It's not at length like the other one. It's just that you need to know if someone is lengthy or bullets. It's important. You can see where you could frustrate or, or misunderstand someone in an email. And so I'm talking about lengthy and bullets, both in an email and verbal. So some people literally just say, boom, 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 and they're done. And that's all they have to say. And other people are like, all right, so here's an example, blah, 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 and they'll give you this long story, right? Also, emailing, if if you are a bullets person uh, as a boss, and I've just given you a really long email, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be frustrated. So that doesn't, again, mean you necessarily change who you are. I'm just trying to be a little more sensitive and change my approach a little bit to make sure that, because it's all about communication. Yeah. So I want to make sure that the points are made. And if I'm losing you in the translation, then... Then that's ah, the point. That's so good. You know, it makes me think of two hacks for this. Because, yeah, this could feel overwhelming. Like, how do I do this all the time and yeah. change who I am and <laughs> know everyone's style? Right. Well, first of all, just think about who are the main few people you yes, communicate with. Do not think, I got to understand every human <laughs> being on Earth. Right. right. I mean, for me, <laughs> if I understand out. a few of my core teammates, mm -hmm. I understand, mm -hmm. you know, my family's styles and my one best friend. Like, okay, that's yes. that's great. The other thing is just like you said earlier, looking for cues and, and paying attention. Yep. So if I'm starting to tell this long story and your eyes are glazing over or you're like checking your watch, okay, maybe that's Wrap a signal <laughs> that I need to do some bullet points and be right. done. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we don't have to be experts on this stuff. No. If you pay attention even a little bit, you can kind of pick up on some clues. Yep. So maybe the whole point of this was we did break it down for you a bit. But really, honestly, looking and noticing is going to change the way that you communicate and you will be a better communicator and people will respect you and want to work with you. Oh, gosh, people love to work with people who, who are patient enough to understand who they are. And that really is a big takeaway for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, we all know from the studies, the number one reason people leave jobs is because mm -hmm. of their boss mm -hmm. or the team culture dynamics. Yeah. And most of that people are people. Most of yeah. the time, it's not because of some specific thing about that person or company. It's just because these issues boil up and compound over time until we're so frustrated we can't stand it anymore. So, so let's just <laughs> call up the elephant in the room. Yes. A little can go a long way. And like you said, within our team, we're not perfect at all. Mm -mm. But at least we have a weekly rhythm of talking about some of these things so we can kind of like nip it in the butt before it becomes a problem. Yes. Right. So I think what I'm hearing overall here is we tend to treat others the way we need it yes, ourselves. That's great. Mm -hmm. And if we're not self-aware at all, we'll just go on doing that our whole life, causing, mm -hmm. you know, leaving a, a wake of destruction behind yeah. us. But if we can just be somewhat self-aware of what's my style, what's mm -hmm. your style, yep. I can adjust a little more and not just always communicate to you. Yeah. In the way I need it, which might be opposite. I love that. If I was to summarize it, I would say it's ask someone, how do you process? How do you communicate your ideas? And then only begin with a small handful of people. Okay. Say that one more time. Okay. So it was, how do you process? How do you communicate your ideas? And then begin with just a small handful of people. That's great. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. <laughs> Clearly, we could both go on forever and ever about this. So maybe we'll pick up on a later episode. 
leave a comment in the reviews if you have certain questions or aspects of this you want to hear about. We're always paying attention to that and emails we get to kind of shape the content that we have on this podcast. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you want to learn more about the Greenhouse Method coaching membership, go to greenhousecoaching.co and we will show you where to start in the Greenhouse Method or you can take the quiz to see your next step, greenhousecoaching.co.